Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Well College Podcast, where we want to provide tools to help our college students be spiritually formed. So tune in as we dive into today's episode, where we will be interviewing uh, Grace Ann just about uh, post-college life. So thanks for tuning in. Okay, so welcome everybody to another um, episode for today. Uh, today is very unusual, I should say, because we have three people in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, myself included. So that means um, it's me, Andrew uh, Toothman, the Great, and Grace Ann uh, Combs. Is that how you say it, right? Combs. 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 Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Grace Ann Combs, uh, and who we're just going to be chatting and talking about uh, post-college uh, life. So, uh, But before we move uh, anywhere, I want to give you a little bit about the vision behind why is it, is it that we are uh, doing this. Uh, and then we're just going to start talking about some questions that we've prepared here uh, beforehand. But uh, first things first, uh, the reason why uh, we want to do this, college, though it's a real stage of life, it's trans- transitional, I guess, transitory. I don't yeah. know what the word is. But it's transitional, which means we can predict with 100% certainty that within four up to six, if you're a super senior, uh, you will be transitioning into a life that looks very, very, very different than the life that you have right now. The way that you measure the year is going to change where there's no more summer, there's no spring break, no winter break, there's just work. And you can take one week off if you want to go do something in you know mm. the mountains and whatever. But uh, all that to say, that's just a silly example about how life is going to change. So um, in reality, is I don't want to give you tools about how to thrive in college. Rather, what I'm really interested in is for you to thrive after college. So then college becomes mm. a four-year period where I can equip you with tools so that uh, you can get prepared so that whenever you face that, um, you will be hopefully set up and it, it won't hit you as hard right like you know what i mean like that transition so um that's the reason why uh we have guests here in our podcast because these are people who in some form of fashion have transitioned out of graduation andrew is going to transition here within a year but um grace Ann transition uh out of college how long has it been since you graduated it's been a year but it feels like a lot longer. Well, and that, that year feels like a long one because, yeah. you're again, you're facing all these transitions, right? right? So uh, and, and so I just want to interview her and just be like, what the heck, man? Tell us what, what happened <laughs> and uh, what were you expecting? What were some changes, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the heart behind having a podcast in our college ministry and also having guests. So all that to say, Andrew, would you mind just telling us a little bit about um, yourself, uh, school, life where you're from etc yeah yeah um so like you said my name's andrew toothman um i am a senior here at acu Um, i'm studying journalism and ministry as well Um, so hopefully going into ministry when i graduate that's the ultimate goal that god is definitely pushing me to i would really really love that um so i'm from california you know southern california uh, come straight to Abilene. I played football here for two years. Um, God had other plans, 
he said, up, oh, no more football. You're going to stay here, go to school. And all of a sudden, he puts ministry in my life. So that was really cool. For the most part, you know, got an older sister and family, mom, dad, love me. Um, I did not actually, Santi knows this a little bit, I did not grow up in church. Uh, my family didn't really go to church as often as I wanted to. We were just, you know, the holidays, Easter, Christmas. Um, so definitely finding my faith, um, that's another story, but uh, I found my faith in high school and then decided to come to ACU just because I felt like God was tugging on my heart to come here, play some, play some football, and also to just be really, really Christ-centered in a school, which was kind of like a new, cool idea for me that I like to jump into things. I don't like to think about things. I'm just like a go-getter. So um, that's why I'm here. That's why God brought me here. I believe that 100%. So I'm really pumped to finish out my last year here and see what he has in store. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to that, too. I think it's going to be great. And here in the other end, we have uh, Grace Ann, who is our uh, guest. Uh, you can expect to hear a lot more from Andrew because he's going to be in episodes uh, from now on. But this is our guest, Grace Ann. Uh, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Grace Ann Combs. I graduated from ACU in May of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the youngest of three kids. I have two older brothers that are seven and nine years older than me. So I'm the baby by a lot, and I'm the only girl. So it's it's tough sometimes, but my brothers, I I think because I'm the baby by seven years and because I'm the only girl, that's been really formative for me. Uh, I think it's super interesting, um, and my life I think would look really different if I was closer in age to them or they were sisters, so Mm -hmm. brothers. So... That's an interesting dynamic, but I love it. Uh, super close to my parents. My mom is my best friend, and I just have a lot of respect for my parents. Um, things that they've both walked through and experienced, and they're awesome parents. My mom and I, I brag all the time about my mom, and she'll she'll come to town and be like, people act like I'm a celebrity. What do you say about me? <laughs> um, but I just, I just brag about her because we have a relationship that's really different than a lot of Mm-hmm. young women and their moms especially like in middle school and high school mm. our relationships look pretty different than really? me and my friends and their yeah like we didn't fight all the time we didn't hate each other we did six flags so, together yeah <laughs> we're a little far from six flags <laughs> yeah. uh, up in amarillo but lived in amarillo my whole life until i moved down here for school and awesome didn't apply anywhere else to college yep. just wanted to be here so. cool well um Prior to this, I send you a couple of questions. Yeah. Uh, we've obviously covered the, the first one, which is amazing. Always love hearing about people's lives. I feel like it makes it very a little bit more personal right. instead of this being like kind of ethereal. And uh, in Instagram, we always post a picture of our guests, which means just a little bit more personal. Uh, but nevertheless, that was the first uh, question that I have. But cool. um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your transition over to Nashville. Yeah. So. After graduation, lots of people move to different right. places, different cities, Seattle, Portland, New York City, whatever. You know, big, 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 big cities. Um, and there's a lot of things or moving parts that go into yeah. that. So um, what was one of the, let, let's talk about like the hardest, okay. um, but also I want to talk about like the best thing okay. that you experience in moving into a new city that you think other students could perhaps expect. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Moving to a new city, so I've lived in West Texas my entire life, Mm -hmm. and then I moved to Tennessee. I had never been to Tennessee a day in my life. 
Never. Wow. <laughs> Not even to interview for my job, like, nothing. I'd moved. Uh, and so that was interesting, because I had really no idea what I was getting into. So my expectations were pretty much non-existent. But I'd say the hardest thing was learning how to make friends. Because interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that I can make a different new place feel like home pretty frequently just because I'm I'm flexible and I can adapt uh but what was hard was making friends I had never had to really put in that much effort because since I was four or five years old I'd been in school mm-hmm. and when you're in school your friends are just kind of handed to you they're right? just kind of there right like yeah. you're around people your age mm-hmm. people who are you have easy access to people who are interested in the sim- same things as you um, you're in clubs with people. You go to church with people your age. It's just easy. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not to say it's easy for everyone to make friends, but mm-hmm. it always was for me. It just mm-hmm. I've just always had a bunch of people around me that I was able to be friends with. Mm-hmm. Well, then I moved to Nashville. It's like big city. Then I have to be more outgoing. And I have to just say hey to whoever's sitting next to me at this coffee shop or at this, right, because I know no one. I have zero friends and I need community. Um, And so I was able to kind of turn away from this shyness that, I mean, a lot of people that know me well here would be like, Grace Ann, you're not shy at all, whatever. (laughs) But I am. And and there's a lot of me that once I know someone really well, no, I'm not shy at all. But kind of at the beginning, I'm quieter and, and more hesitant to be bold. But I had to be bold mm-hmm. and I had to just the first or second time I met someone be like, hey, you want to go get coffee? <laughs> because, I mean, I was lonely and I learned that there's a difference in being alone and being lonely. Mm-hmm. And that's not yeah. like I in college hardly ever spent a minute by myself. Yeah. From the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, I was with people and I'd go get coffee in the morning and go to lunch with someone and go to dinner. Sometimes I would eat two dinners because I just wanted to hang out with people because I didn't ever want to be by myself. But in the past year, man, I learned so much about being alone and, and just uh, that's incredible. in solitude and that it's okay. And, and I don't have to always be with people to mm. feel energized and feel healthy. And I'm living in Franklin, which is like just 20 minutes south of Nashville. Living in Franklin, but working one job in Nashville, going to meetings in Nashville, but my other job is in Franklin. And so, so you were part-time? I was part-time at the church. Oh, at one point in okay. time, I had three jobs. Wow. Living out there, yeah. <laughs> okay, which is really, I mean, it's pretty, I feel like common. it's pretty common. Right. I mean, it. when I told people that I was moving to, to Nashville for a part-time ministry job, everyone was like, Why? That makes no sense. <laughs> and it didn't really make sense. Uh-huh. But I felt like that's that was what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it just made it made sense to me. It's like, well, why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in moving, how did, like, like for example, with apartment, right. all that stuff, like, how did that work out? So six days before I moved, uh-huh. I still didn't have a place to live. But my mm-hmm. mom drove out there with me, and we had an Airbnb for, like, three or four days. Okay. We were going to drive around. This was the plan. We were going to drive around, find me a place to live. We had all of my stuff in my mom's tiny little Buick. And we were going to drive around, find me somewhere to live, move me in. And luckily, six days before uh, I moved, one of my friends from ACU, we were just texting about me moving. 
she's like, oh, I have friends that live in the area, um, friends and family. She's mm-hmm. like, if you need anything, like, let me know. I can get you connected with them. It's like, actually, I don't have anywhere to live. So if your family knows of anyone, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Let me know. Yeah. And so, like, 20 minutes later, she texted me. She said, this is my great aunt's phone number. Uh, give her a call. You can live with them. Okay. Wow. So I lived with um, these people who I would say easily in their upper 70s, like probably over 75 years old. Okay. And lived in their downstairs bedroom that was pink walls, pink comforter on the bed. Like This is amazing. I literally did not know anything about this. Real grandma vibe. Very. I signed the day that I moved in. I signed a three-page-long contract full of rules that I had to follow. So that was different. Um, Oh yeah. I didn't expect to have all of these rules when I. Well, it feels like you're back in the dorms. Right. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. So I lived there, uh, end of April or August, end of August until January, Uh and then moved in with a family. Uh, that I met at church uh, and they okay they so I was, I was working at a church in Franklin and the, the Nathan and Stacy are their names and they were two of our kids volunteers and so I got to know them really well and we were just talking they're like oh if you ever like want to move out we have an entire upstairs of our house and we live there so got to live there the last six months and they have twins that are six it was like the most fun oh I bet yeah it was I awesome bet. Well, especially living with so many kids. Right. Um, yeah. Because they have, you said they have twins, right? Twins, Do they yeah. have other kids no, that's just, it? No, okay. just the girls that are six. And so my friends would be like, hey, on Friday night, we're going to do this. But every Friday night, me and the family, my Tennessee family, as I call them, we had pizza night and watched a Hallmark movie. So I'd oh. text my friends and be like, no, sorry, I can't come. Oh. <laughs> uh, but that's fun. Let's go. Cool. Well, oh, yeah. Hallmark movies is a whole yeah. different ballgame. So I think I had a very different, I know I did, I have a very different living situation the whole time that I lived there than most people do. But Well, I'm glad too that you got to move in with a family. Yeah. They are like my family now. That's and, so amazing. So would you say, is that something that was really good from the transition to uh, Nashville? Do you have uh, something else to add there that was like really good and and? I would say Some, like spiritually enriching yeah, or whatever, you know what I mean? Something that was really good for me was I got to kind of reinvent my identity. And that's not to hmm. say like I turned into this fake person and tried to be someone that I'm not. But honestly, a lot of college I was like holding up these characteristics and qualities that looking back I don't love about myself and doing a lot for attention and just so I could... Like, honestly, I thought I was really, really confident in college, but now I know I was really prideful. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge lesson that I learned in the last year. No, that wasn't the case. You just did everything so that people would look at you and be like, Grace Ann's so cool. She's so funny. Oh, whatever. Um, And so that was a huge lesson for me. And so I've been able to step in freedom in that and and kind of take a step back. Like, man, is what I'm doing for my glory or God's glory Mm -hmm. and that was a huge reality check for me but being able to kind of I mean these people in Nashville they had never met me before people here some people have known me for five years here and so now coming back it's like I hope that I seem different in a lot of ways because I feel like a very different person 
So I had a meeting in Nashville, like downtown Nashville almost, uh, on Tuesday mornings at 9.30. Traffic is still terrible at 9.30 in the morning in Nashville, Tennessee. And so it, it normally, I could get there in about 18 minutes. Sometimes it would take me an hour to get there yes. from mm-hmm. my house to my meeting. And it's a lot of time by yourself mm-hmm. because I'm going there and back. And I'm going back at, you know, 4.30, 5, 6. So again, it takes about an hour. So it's two hours a day mm-hmm. where I used to never spend two hours a day by myself. And I got to the point where I'd turn my radio off and I would just listen and let it be quiet for the hour going and the hour coming back and reflect on my day. Mm-hmm. How did I act today? Was I honoring today of the Lord and, and my family name and and just use that time to grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, again, I had to learn that. Exactly. Well, and we think of, of those moments where we can be silenced, like being in traffic or, you know, being in line in the coffee shop or whatever else. We think of those moments as very, because they're not, we're so used to, being productive all the right. time like that's just kind of how we understand the world you fill those times with you know usually it's like if, if you have a moment of silence standing up in line you just pull out your phone and then right. you're like an instagram facebook or you know here's what's going on but and, and we cloud that time like so intentionally yes. i feel like in the car is the same thing yeah where if you're just sitting there suddenly it's like oh my gosh i need to turn the radio on i need to, to do something a podcast something yeah just to fill out that space of silence but in reality, it's like, if you just turn that off and choose to engage, mm-hmm. usually that's whenever the spirit starts highlighting right. things in our life and we can respond to that, right? I was yeah. at the front porch on Monday mm-hmm. and when I was walking out, I was on my phone. I was like looking, at, looking on social media and got a text from one of my good friends from college who I haven't seen since we graduated. Mm-hmm. And we were in the same department. We had been friends since week one, freshman year. And he texted me as I was walking out, and he said, did I just see you at front porch? And I was like, was he there? Uh-huh. I didn't even see him. Yeah. Because I was down looking at my phone, and then was sitting on my couch 20 minutes later, scrolling on Instagram, and saw two different uh, stories from people that were like, I have to get rid of social media. And mm. I, got, I deleted all of my social media on Monday. I started taking a tally on my hand Monday at like 5.30 when I deleted it of how many times I opened my phone to get on social media. And it was like seven or eight tallies by the time I got I went to bed at like uh, 9.30. Well, that's the interesting part too. Like your phone has like this uh, insight, you know, like yeah. uh, stats or whatever. Screen time. That tell you how much time you used it. And it's like always it hurts. three hours, <laughs> two and a half. But you Gosh. don't realize that because it's like, it's, it's in these kind of like spare moments, right? right? Uh, where you're like, oh, I'm just going to check my phone because, uh, you know, I'm waiting in the DMV, whatever. I feel like you have these very sporadic moments that become all the more intentional. Mm -hmm. um, That usually social media and all this stuff are just worlds that we can use to escape. Netflix is the same thing. Right. I figure that every time I come home from from work, that's been my life too. I'm just like, oh, sorry, I don't want to talk with you. I kind of want to watch Jojo Rabbit. Which is incredible, by the way. Uh, it's an incredible movie. But cool. Well, um, I have here uh, another question that just uh, so that's while you are in Nashville. Yeah. Now, I want to talk a little bit. I, I just wanted to ask you about what what was happening prior right. to Nashville. So you graduate. You have this kind of like 
space where you're not there yet, but you're not here also. Yeah. Um, tell us about that in between. Like, yeah. what was the process of discerning where to go after college? Uh, what sort of things were you like considering about right. it? That, I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So kind of the story is I had graduated and I didn't have a job. I was just kind of here hanging out. Hmm. I had a job that I had in college. I was still working that job, but I didn't have, you know, like a career that I was starting mm-hmm. um, and didn't really know what I wanted that to look like. So because I got my degree in children's ministry, I was like, okay, I'll just Google children's ministry job openings in Nashville, Tennessee. Never been there. Seems like a cool place. <laughs> so... <laughs> The first place, the first church that popped up on Google results was Crosspoint Community Church. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll apply. Applied and got the job, essentially, was offered the job. The same day that I applied for that job, I applied for a job here because my mom was like, you have to apply for jobs. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever you can You can't just <laughs> wait. Um, and... So I I applied for a job here to kind of just, you know, get my mom off my back, I guess. And with a really good company here, and it would have been a really, honestly, great paying job, good benefits, like, looked awesome on paper, but I wasn't excited about it. But I was like, oh, this part-time ministry job (laughs) where I, like, won't really get paid that much. Nashville's really expensive, but sounds awesome. Uh, And so so from the, the day that I applied for my jobs... Until the day I was offered both jobs, 30 minutes apart from each other. My interviews were at the, on the same days, you know, just a few hours apart. But the whole time, I didn't really have any question in my mind of, well, if I get offered both jobs, am I going to stay here? Am I going to move? What am I going to do? No, I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew the whole time. So even though it didn't really make sense on, make sense on paper, I had no doubt in my mind. And... So I, I took the job in Nashville with full confidence that, A, the Lord was going to take care of me because I felt like that was me being obedient. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's always a right and wrong decision. I yeah. think that if I would have decided to stay here, the Lord would have been in that. And, and that would have been right for me at the time. But that's not what I felt like the Lord it's wanted me posture. to say. It's the yeah. posture. The posture is really what's primary. Right. right. And I was just being faithful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it didn't really make sense. But... I feel like the Lord was just dropping it in front of my face. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And and so I did it. And I, I have a pretty solid gut feeling about a lot of things. And I was one of them. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I'm moving. And again, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I never even had to had to second yeah. guess really and well and that's a that's what's interesting too because it might be that whoever you are listening to this might be perhaps that you don't know or perhaps you're like a, a new believer or perhaps you're like man i don't know i feel like i don't have that discernment thing something that i feel like it's pretty uh i don't think it's beneficial i think it's necessary it's the idea and i know you did this because we talked about this prior to yeah. you moving to nashville but it's bringing the people of God into this conversation yes. too. So that you're not only discerning it alone, but you're discerning alongside with people. Mm. And even if it doesn't make a lot of sense, I feel like the people of God, as a collective, can affirm you and bless you and saying, dude, we're all right. in with you. Go. Go, go, go. This is where the Lord's highlighting. Yeah. These are some of the things that perhaps you might be missing. Like, 
you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm moving to Australia tomorrow. Where is that cool? Just because you want to and right. because it's new? Or is it something that legit the Lord is yeah. calling you into? And, you know, there's an aspect there where other people can speak a lot of wisdom into that. Yes. Uh, so it's all the more important right. uh, to walk in community and also to walk in multi-generational community yes. with other people who have compiled. Like you are, you now have had the experience and the wisdom to at least provide some really good questions and some guidance as to like if somebody came to you. Right. Well, it's the same thing with other people who've been living for you know, 40 years, right? Like, let's talk about marriage because somehow you've been married for 35 years. What is it? Like, what? Right. You know, especially with believers, right? So, um, I don't know. I feel like that's something that I hope it's encouraging to whoever's listening to this um, and all the more challenging. Get plugged in with a community. Yes. I know that mm. right now it's crazy times, uh, COVID and all this stuff and just at the well taking a lot slow, but we need that community of people. Right. And I would mm. add to that, like, six weeks after I had moved, I call Santi because, A, I want to check in, see how he's doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, like, overwhelmed. And life was just kind of crazy. And it was hard for a mm-hmm. long time. And just to have, like, you were that wise counselor for me. So was Natalie. Like, so were a bunch of people. And so I would check in with people that I had kind of communicated this decision with who said, yeah, like, if that's what you feel like is the right call, go for it. Yeah. And so I call you, and we just have a conversation. I'm like, okay, like, Santi's in my corner. And I am, I am. These other I'm... 10 people that I oh. called, they're in my corner. And so that that wise counsel, that community, is not just for, like, a decision-making process. It's for when days are hard, and they're, you know, standing behind you, like, holding you up. And it's when days are good, and they're standing on top of the mountain, like, celebrating with you. Mm-hmm. And, we need that community of people. And we also need to be that community of people for others in encouragement and providing perspective sure. as to like where the Lord is moving in this. Um, in the same time, if it would have been exciting, if you're like, I love this, this is amazing, whatever, then we get to celebrate with you. Yeah. Um, and so often, perhaps if you would have changed your mind and been like, ah, never mind, I'm, I'm ditching all this because I thought it was the Lord, but now I changed my mind. It's kind of actually hard, whatever. A community of people who are also holding you accountable. Uh, and being like, no, 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 this is a place of obedience. This is where, you know, we've been praying and discerning, like stick to it. Like these are, right. again, this is how the Lord might be moving in in your life. Just to bring perspective, right? But there's Absolutely. there's that aspect, encouragement. There's the aspect of accountability. And mm-hmm. there's the aspect of celebration, which are all things that we talked about last semester. And they just kind of died uh, because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Bummer. Cool, Andrew, you've been kind of uh, silent over here. Um, yeah, I'm really taking it in. I didn't know any of this about Grace Ann, so I'm just wow. I'm just kind of learning all of it. I mean, Grace Ann interned for you, and I came in, and I was a college leader with her. I didn't really even know Grace Ann. I, like, saw her come back to Abilene a few times, I think. Did you yeah. come back a few times, mm-hmm. like, homecoming or something? And I, I was like, couldn't stay away. I was like, do I say hi? Like, I don't know if she knows who I am, but, like, Oh my gosh, I'm like her like little apprentice. Like if that makes <laughs> oh sense. God. Like like Grayson Grayson kind of taught me a lot of stuff before wow. coming to intern for Santi. That's whether awesome. Whether you knew that or not. I will also say I didn't know A that you went to ACU and B that you were just going to be a senior this year. I thought you were like maybe a year younger than me and that you went to Harden Simmons. Everyone thinks I go to Harden Simmons. <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> Nope. It's a small yep. world. Go to ACU. Yep. But you just found out I went to ACU? 
like yeah, today? Like, Two weeks ago. Oh my goodness. Okay. I think I gotta get hey, out. We're more. learning a lot about yes. each other. It's awesome. <laughs> hey. hey, but you beat me on the I was only an intern for like four months. Well, and I feel like it's pretty unfair too, um, because at the time, I mean, we still kinda don't have like a set structure. Nope. So I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so glad that you're still here and that you love us and that you love me <laughs> I love because I feel like I I might have not been the best at providing some structure there. But hey, guess what? We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Next question. It's uh, it's this. You know, as students are moving into, you know, their post-college life, the working world, there's many things that you just kind of expect that are a lot of false expectations. Yes. Uh, I'm going to get this job that pays six figures. Wrong. False. Uh, I'm going to get to work in this place where they listen to me and where they tell me I matter. Uh, wrong. You know, not that I've experienced that at the well. <laughs> Disclaimer. But you know, a lot of people do. Like right. I had one college student told me that in college, they were so used to leading all the time. Leading in club, leading in this, leading in student life. Leading, and suddenly you move to a world where it's just like, hey, fill out this page and hand it over to right. me by five. And you're like, eh. <laughs> this sucks, you know, but all those kind of false yeah. expectations. So there's just some examples over there. But what was something about uh, the post-college life that was very unexpected that you were kind of caught by surprise? Yeah. So I would I, I would say that, first of all, I worked at a church and there were like 75 people on staff, you know, give or take a few. <laughs> and on the kids team, there was, I don't know, probably like 16 of us. And, but on the entire staff as a whole, I was the youngest. And that was interesting because my, my direct supervisor, my boss, I was the kids coordinator. She was a kids director. She was in her fifties. And so she's like my mom's age. So that was an interesting balance. Like, you know, you weren't my boss really when I was your intern. Wow. (laughs) But... Well, just because you don't, I, you I don't know exactly feel what you mean. right. Well, Andrew calls me his boss. That's how he introduced me to people. I'm like, yeah. I'm not your boss. He's my friend and my boss. Right. Like, yeah. I, you know, you know. I know, I know. I'm, but, I, I mean, teasing. she felt like my boss. And so, and, but I mean, we had an awesome relationship and we got along well. So just my disclaimer here, the point of me saying all this is, I feel like I didn't really get a taste of like work life for what what it's like for a lot of people like going to work nine to five I could go to work at one o'clock if I wanted to (laughs) and Mm -hmm. as long as I got all my stuff done I could kind of show up and leave and so I had a lot of flexibility in my job and uh, it didn't look like a typical job Mm -hmm. that that people normally get so and again I lived with families and so my life looked differently than I think a lot of people expect life to look after college um So that's my little disclaimer there. But I would say what was really unexpected is, well, no no one really talks about life after college because I don't think people know how to. Hmm. Um, I felt like I was floating in a bubble the entire last year of my life. I still kind of feel like that because there, like, I'm not a college student. I mean, here's the same, obviously. I'm not a college student. But I'm also not, like, married. I don't have kids. And there's a lot of young, single people that are just working, trying to figure out what's next, what life is going to look like. And no one really knows what they're doing. 
but no one talks about it. And mm-hmm. I think it's taboo almost to talk about how hard it is. And mm-hmm. I don't think it should be. And so, but yeah, it's rough. Well, with mm-hmm. it, 11 months, it's kind of enough for you to settle, but also it's kind of right. expected for it to take that long. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really getting in the routine of things, really getting settled, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And it hit hard in Nashville. And things shut, shut things started shutting down. English is hard. Uh, really fast. Mm-hmm. And so I came to my parents' house and was there for two and a half months. And was working from home and but then eventually it was like I gotta get back to Nashville like things are starting to open back up but even then like things still don't look normal you know what I don't mm-hmm. know if they ever will but I would say probably what was super unexpected was just how I don't want to feel I don't want to say it felt suffocating but mm-hmm. it was harder than I expected it to be mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean it was bad yeah. I had a great year yeah. in Nashville. Well, it's usually like a, a formational year, right. right? Like that's, yeah, that's what the point, the, the point of this conversation is not, you know, setting the expectation it's going to be hard right. or that it's going like to be Debbie easy. Debbie Downer, it stinks. Exactly. But that's not the point. Like uh, reality check, it's difficult. Uh-huh. And yeah. I, I didn't know how hard it would be for that long. And even now, like I've been back here less than three weeks and my community here looks a lot different than my community in Nashville did. And, um, it probably looks different from whenever you left, too. When I lived here even a year and a half year. ago. Yeah. yeah. So now it's hard in a very different way, and I'm struggling in different ways, and but also some similar ways. Like, I'm still kind of floating in this bubble of an in-between, mm. like, not in college anymore, and not a, I'm not in all of the clubs and all the things, and I don't have 12 intramural games a day to go to, and... <laughs> And I'm going to see all my friends. Like, I have to make an effort to Mm -hmm. see people. And um, I have to find enough work so that I can pay for all the things I'm financially financially responsible for. I don't have to think about that when I lived in the dorm. Yep. Because I just lived there. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. And was blessed. So, like, my parents were able to help me through school. And it was never on my brain. And I didn't take, like, a financial planning and being responsible class in college (laughs) that's that's another aspect too yeah (laughs) setting a budget and all that stuff like i i was never like we never talked about that stuff at home it's just kind of a given it's right like Like, this is an embarrassing example but i'll fess up (laughs) so i got a new car in january and i'm paying for it like through and through on me which great love the responsibility so I paid my first car payment and I had like they have you have to send a check. You can't pay it online or anything. Super mm. old school. And I have the little book where you like get your little piece of paper, rip it off, send it with your check, and it keeps up with your payment. Well, I didn't know I had to send a check with that piece of paper. <laughs> so my first payment I just sent that piece of paper from the little book they gave me, thinking like, Oh, they'll just pull that money out of my account and here's me saying, Yeah, I'm paying. Well, then they called me. <laughs> they were like, hi, we got your stub uh, from your payment book, but we didn't get any payment. Oh, I was yeah. like, well, no, I sent it in the envelope. And I called my mom. She's like, Gracie, you have to send a check. <laughs> but I was like, no one taught me that. Yeah. Is that something I'm just supposed to know? Yeah. I don't know if other people know that, but yeah. that was the first, like, there's a lot of logistics about being an adult that I'm lost on. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's fair because... Obviously, you can prepare for those things. Right. They just come. It and happens. that's the one thing about life that I've discovered post-college. 
is that you just I, I hate to learn. say yeah you I hate to say fake it till you make it because right. it's not bad uh-huh. but but it's more like learn as you go yes uh, and like probably no, the first time something comes up it might be a mess and then you're gonna figure it out yes and that's yeah. okay like I had to kind of put that pride aside and let things get figured out and then roll roll with it from there and I still feel like I'm kind of faking it till I make it yeah yeah. there's a lot that I still yeah yeah and that's a that's a cool thing that you kind of realize that now just one year out of college um that's not usually what people think when they like graduate they always think like job Right. Um, and especially ACU, like marriage. Uh, where am I finding my husband or wife? You know, it's always a, on the mind of ACU people is job. Where am I going? What city? Where, where can I find a job there? Who can I uh, start my life with or whatever? Right. You don't think about like the little logistic things, even even finding friends like you were talking about or kind of finding you have to make uh, like your time with right. friends and like actually set things up rather than just showing at the mm-hmm. rec and be like, there's four basketball games going yeah. on today. And I was like, exactly. I don't know. That's kind of a thing that college students, I feel like when they graduate, they push under the rug. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a few people and they're just like, eh, I don't care. I'm focusing on my career, my girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever it is. And then I'll get to that stuff later. Right. And it's just like, it's a cool thing that you're actually thinking of that now mm-hmm. and taking initiative in that instead of just tucking under the rug. Right. So mm-hmm. thank you. It's yes. awesome. I found over here. Uh, so the reason why I mentioned Jojo Rabbit just earlier <laughs> it's because I watched it last night it's you a good movie oh, it's amazing. It's, I don't, it's what is that oh my gosh uh, it's, you it's, just need to borrow from me do I need yeah. to come over for a movie marathon it's it's Probably. not what you think it sounds like a kids movie but it's oh, it's, it's about World War 2 and stuff like that it's, it's, it's really a great good. movie it's yeah. really good at the end of the movie there's this line by a poet you about to spoil the movie no, no, no. At the end of the movie, okay. I'm just giving know, you like, like I'm uh, about to go home and watch it. I don't have anything to do the rest of the day. <laughs> Actually, well, uh, never mind. I'm not gonna, uh, yeah, there's you, a you quote. Can, there's a quote Let's from a it. poet that kind of makes sense out of yeah. all the movie. And this is what it says. Um, Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. And mm-hmm. I feel like it really, when you see it, there's something about that. Uh, that you know you can interpret this in a lot of ways that are very like negative I feel like but but that's not right I think what it's getting to is is the fact that life throws you curveballs yeah and it throws you whatever the opposite a straight ball I guess (laughs) and there are moments of joy and there's moments of sadness (laughs) Uh, what I think it's getting to here is the fact that in and I mean Paul says it in sadness and in joy and wealth and you know in poverty it's just like if Jesus is enough and we set our eyes on him, we just keep on trucking right. in life uh, because no feeling is final. Yeah. So often I feel like the circumstances of your of our lives, right? Whether you just moved to a city and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? This is about the dumbest thing I could have ever done. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a, a feeling. It's right. terrifying. Yeah. But then you, you, can, you can choose to set your eyes on Jesus and just say, Lord, like I'll trust you. And we just keep on moving. Absolutely. Um, it just made me think of this quote. And now hopefully it gets you excited to uh, watch the movie all the more. All right. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. Oh, yeah. I'll well, you know. I have it. Yeah. I should just give it to you on a DVD. Okay, yeah. cool. I bought it yesterday. So. DVD? Yeah. yeah. It's like 2007? Come on. <laughs> oh, man. You got to stream it. It's the 21st century and there's this thing called Redbox, which I don't know if y'all what use is that? anymore. Oh, my gosh. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's I incredible. was telling my mom the other day, this is a throwback, uh, 
some of my best friends, when we, we were growing up, they would order Netflix DVDs. And you would, like, go online, order something from Netflix, and they would send you a disc. And you would watch it and then send it back. Interesting. Mm. Wow. Old school. Old school. I bet some people don't even know that's how Netflix existed. This is hilarious because you say old school and that was probably like 2012. Right. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like the whipping nene, man. I didn't even know it was in a, a cool thing anymore. Uh, it's not. The dab is not a thing anymore. No. Nope. What am I? It's just a dad life. Sandy, that's why you have us. <laughs> yeah. Please. Uh, why you surround yourself with, uh, with college, college students. keeps me, for sure, college yeah. ministry keeps me young. But Don't cool. Worry. I'll be in your boat too. Some of these freshmen are gonna come in and say something, and I was like, "What is that? What is TikTok?" Yeah. No, no you, you know, know when that. No, is. no. Today when I met with with Liam and them, they, he said, "Hey, let me catch the Tate," and I was like, "What, what? is that?" And he goes, "The invitation, the Tate," and I was like, "That's not a thing." Everything's abbreviated these days. Yeah, it made me feel old, and I'm like. I'm just a senior, you know, I'm only 21, but don't, don't throw a new slang at me. It makes me feel very old. Dude, you know? That makes me feel all the more hopeless, to be honest. <laughs> if you are, yeah. if you're running that behind, I don't know what else I can do. Mm. Hopefully, um, dressing like a skater keeps you hip though. Yeah, it does. Like, Thanks. Even I was, if you don't know what, what all the teens and the youths are talking about, you look like you do. Hey, guess what? Tony Huck's still cool. He's like 57. So oh, guess goodness. what? I'll just, I'll follow that track. Um, all that to say that's all the questions that um, I have for uh, today so thank you so much for uh, Grace and for just coming and being part of this yeah Um, thank you Andrew and I both I'm I'm speaking for myself here but also I would feel like Andrew would back me up on this that we're just proud of all the decisions that you make and just for being a part of this and being able to speak about those uh, decisions too so Thank you so much for being here and for, for responding sure. to to the call of the Holy Spirit to your life to obey and to go with it, uh, to sacrifice and to trust. Uh, at the end of the day, that's really the heart of all this college ministry. Right. Mm. How do we grow in faithfulness and trust and love towards uh, Jesus? Mm. So having said that, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope that this episode was helpful. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or would like to be in the loop about what's going on in the fall, uh, you know, during this time, send us an email at college at the well, or you can also follow us on Instagram at the well college. So thank you so much and see you next time. Later. Later. Later.